Podcast, a podcast offering tutorials and discussions about nerdy topics for people who aren't necessarily nerdy themselves. With you today is your nerdy tutor, George, and with you and with me here today is my own world heavyweight mom champion! Yay! My mom. Welcome. Thank you, except unlike most wrestling that I've seen so far, I didn't get a five-minute introduction. <laughs> That's true. I, I we we don't have the theme. We we do have a little bit of a theme song that comes into this. So, um, but no five minute introductions. I think that would be a little superfluous. Okay. For us, at least. Um, I, so, feel, I feel a little short changed there. So last week here we discussed pro wrestling and the kind of the history of pro wrestling here, um, and really to kind of understand pro wrestling here, you really need to actually watch a lot, watch some of it here, and so. Uh, we watched WrestleMania 35, or we watched some matches from it here, because to watch the entire thing would have been about a seven and a half to eight hour in Denver. That was kind of incredible. I was surprised by how long that goes. And and if you go to one all day, I mean that's that's longer than Endgame. No, but mind you though, that started at seven p.m. on the East Coast. So there are people that didn't. So there were people in New Jersey who got who. Now, mind you, the show proper itself started at seven o'clock. Pre-show started at like five thirty, and a lot of the pre-show included some other matches on there ahead of time that were not on the main card. So, so there are pre-matches. Well, the crowd that explains a lot because the crowd looked pretty warmed up. The. In that, and that's kind of the intention here is, is that as people are kind of funneling in, they get to watch some additional matches um, that are not necessarily on the card. Now, they usually get rebroadcasted either, I think, on USA in a lot of cases because that's where a lot of the WWE shows are at. But um, but they were, but there is, but as people are kind of funneling in, because if you start it, because you don't want to give them not, you don't want to not have them do something there. And in, in a lot of cases here, when you give a chance to, for more people to be on the show, they get, paid for being on the show you know because yeah, it, it, it becomes it's, expensive well no not that it becomes expensive no is that you want everyone to have a payday you want okay yeah because you need to encourage your performers yeah and okay. usually anytime you do a pay-per-view event you usually get an extra pay for for doing that event here it always to kind of depends on what it is you're fighting for in a lot of cases because some wrestlers do get paid more when they are the champions Versus when they're not the champions, which is kind of silly when you think about it, because no, I no, I actually totally get it because you don't, you know, nobody particularly wants to lose, so you need some incentive to be willing to. Yeah, but I remember everything is scripted, so the people who win and lose are always decided beforehand. Oh, matter of fact, you well, we'll get to that. So I have before we get to the actual matches that we watched. And I watched a couple earlier sort of things beforehand too, which, which I actually ended up feeling was helpful. Um, I have logistics questions. Okay. Now, you've been to a couple of these events. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and and it, um, observations, of course, the, the audience is really very male-dominated. Um, I, I think if you um, were looking to meet a date, you'd have absolutely no problem finding one um at these at, at the venue i saw um but like are there food vendors like you would go to a baseball game or or something like that are there are there food vendors in the stands not usually no they're usually again there's concession stands 
So in most cases here, like if you went to an arena, or in this case, this was a, uh, a I want to say a football stadium. It was a football stadium, yeah. So it's MetLife Center. Um, all the concession stands themselves are open, so the venue is actually collecting a lot of revenue off the convention, off the concession stands as well. But throughout, littered throughout the arena, though, is a lot of like vendors that are just selling WrestleMania swag, so like T-shirts and championship belts and iconic sort of things that you only get from a, at a wrestling event. Okay, so this, this is my next question: is is um, are are there particular swag, as you put it, sold during specific bout, bouts to hype, or or is it? One of them, yes, and in some cases, if you're like, um, so as a good example here, during the last pay-per-view here, uh, there's a wrestler called The Miz, and he they were in Cleveland, and he's originally from Cleveland, Cleveland. so he had a special, like, like Cleveland Browns-inspired t-shirt that okay. they were selling just at that event. Okay. So, like, sometimes they do have, like, kind of some special merchandise on there. I was think I was thinking you know want to mon- you might want to monetize um, the fact that the the main event is a woman's event. They they did that. There was there's probably some T-shirts that they were there. I remember going online because during the event they basically said like buy one get another one for another dollar. Yeah. You know it's kind of like a buy one get one free thing, but like buy one shirt get another one for a dollar. Okay. So, um, and I took advantage of that a little. Well, hey, hey, that's that's what it's there for. Precisely, it's, it's purpose. Absolutely. Okay, so so before watching um, the matches you suggested, mm-hmm. I did watch a gorgeous George. Yes, took took me back to my childhood. Um, in glorious black and white, I would presume. In glorious black and white, but actually, it was a lot of fun. Um, and and he had a big introduction, and from what I was reading, sort of he was one of the first people to have that kind of special introduction yeah so gorgeous george would have had would have been kind of the first to see it kind of like entertainment in a lot of cases he's originally originally he was just a traditional looking wrestler and he eventually came out as a very kind of flamboyant sort of character and he's kind of a in some people some people think he's kind of the impetus of where like the kayfabe came from and this is the Notion that like you're always in character when you're in or when you're around the public here to uh, create the suspension of disbelief that these are all legitimate people at the end of oh, the day. Oh, there, there are some real characters here too. Oh yeah. Um, okay, so so that was the first thing I watched, and then I watched um, a Mexican um, or from Mexico a luchador match, which would it might have been awfully people flipping around a lot. Yeah, a lot, a lot of flipping, lots of. Um, uh, very color. I like the outfits. Very that, colorful. Yes. Yeah. Um, lots of um, uh, more more sort of technical wrestling moves. Yes. So closer closer to to Greco Roman than this is. Yeah. Every every kind of area has kind of their own unique style for wrestling here. Luchadors tend luchador tends to be very technical based wrestling. Um, Japan is very what they call a strong style, which emphasizes a lot of um, hits and attacks that look very, very devastating. Like you punch a person and it looks like you really punched a person, and they they move back like five or they swagger back like five, six steps because of they got hit. Um, there's a wrestler in the WWE who is a very big time Japanese wrestler, uh, Shinsuke Nakamura, who's known as the king of strong style. 
and um, so that's very technical style over there in Japan as well. America can be American wrestling because the WWE has fought to get a lot of wrestlers from different places. So like you have wrestlers from Europe, you have wrestlers from Japan, Mexico, like, and you have a lot of just homegrown, obviously, wrestlers here. Um, tends to be a little bit more flashy, I think, in the sense because again, you're trying to telegraph something to a huge audience. Um, we'll talk about telegraphing, by the way. Yeah, and then, at, but at the same time, um, it, American wrestling has seemed to be a little bit more kind of like brawling, I think, in a lot of cases, uh, or a lot of people would see it as such. Okay, so so some of the you know some of the other things I I watched beforehand, I watched something from WrestleMania 15. Which oh. was which was 1996, I believe, or 99. Anyway, so I 99 sounds about right. 99. Okay, so I watched The Rock, who at that point was only 27 years old, mm-hmm. already has the eyebrow thing down. Oh no, yeah, no. Yeah, yeah. And Stone Cold Steve Austin. Very, a very classic match. Okay, so that was the main event that that year. Yes. Okay. So I watched that. The Rock has his own theme song. I mean, it's a, it, and, and the, the end, his entrance is compared to Stone, Stone Cold Steve Austin. I mean, it's. They're somewhat different. They both go to like the top row, the, the second rope and they're like showboating up in front of the crowd. Oh, oh yeah. No, it's, it's quite something. Oh yeah. Um, this was a no disqualification round. So I'd like to know from you, what is a disqualification? Cause we're talking like, like fists up in 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 testicles we're talking like so um below in, the belt yeah um so in most cases to win a match you need to do one of you can do you can win it in probably about one of five different ways you can either uh, pin a guy to the ground mm-hmm. which is the only pin a guy to the ground for, uh, for a three count for, for, for a three count you can um do a move in which they have to tap out of it uh-huh. And those are the only two ways you can win. Um, a, and those both have to be in the ring. And those well, only... we'll talk about that in yeah, a second. Yes, and that's okay. the only and that's the only way you can win a championship. Those are the only two ways. Now, the other three ways, though, is that one of the ways is which you can be, um, if you're outside of the ring for more than ten seconds, you can lose. But you can't. But you can't. But in a lot of cases, if you're the champion and you're outside the ring for ten seconds. You lose, but you can only but the you get to keep your championship. Uh, the other way here is if you um, get disqualified, and getting disqualified means that you are doing something that's not considered amongst the rules. And that could be anything from attacking somebody with a steel chair or or another weapon. It can be uh, messing with the turnbuckles in some cases, which does happen. Like you, there's padding on there to run into and sometimes what people will do is they'll take off the padding and somebody will get hit into it and they'll get hurt because it's considered messing with the ring um another way is to do something to the ref and so um if you touch the ref or you mess with the ref here like in an intentional way oh oh my gosh okay so not true because 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 i actually saw um mcmahon Hit a referee. Yes, he and then he got in the ring and was helping the Rock fight Stone yeah. Cold Steve Austin. That's why no disqualification is also like a great way to allow, you know, basically to allow suspension of a lot of rules, which means that the match has to end in a 
pinfall or submission, which mean which gives it this air of that like it's not going to end in chicanery or it's not going to end in kind of like a weird sort of way here in a lot of cases where like no it has to end in which somebody puts their puts somebody's shoulders onto the ground or puts or makes them tap out and most of the cases it's going to be somebody puts them on the mat for a three second tap and so in but a lot of time when they say the when they're Remember that the rules are a very fluid sort of thing and only ever come up when it's important. You know, like in a lot of cases here, like... Refs get hurt. Ref, I mean, refs, refs, are, refs are not playing an easy game. No, no. They're not just there just like, you know, mind you, they, they're running around the ring trying to avoid being in the middle of the action a lot of the time, which sometimes doesn't happen all the time. And in some cases, in a, in a match, one of the first matches, or a later match we'll talk about here, like... That's actually how the match. Win- that's actually how they win the match. Yeah. Um, but no, yeah, no refs. Um, refs are not playing an easy game. They're not just officiating. They're they're very much. Um, and in some cases, the wrestlers are actually. Uh, excuse me. The referees are former wrestlers, so like they fully understand all the stuff that goes on with it here. Okay, so so then uh, you know the other things I got from that, which is, is obviously a very early. Um, very classic match. Very classic. Too. Okay, so you're familiar with it. Oh yes. Um, are those breakaway tables? Yes. Okay, because because it just like shatters, shatters and, and collapses. Now, mind you, like the tables are designed out of like a very very light particle board. They're specially with their 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 tables, which are called gimmick tables. Well, and they don't like they don't go into a million pieces. No, they, they, break they it. shatter in a very specific way. Yeah, it's almost like shatterproof glass sort of thing, where they where they they hang together. They don't shard all over the place like you could have, especially with particle board, all sorts of miscellaneous pieces hanging about. Doesn't do that. Um, but this, I was going to say, if those aren't breakaway, those those uh, the structural elements are, are are missing something. No, yeah, no. Okay. The ta- the tables are designed to. Uh, break down the middle because they've got a cut down the middle a very light cut down there so they're meant to kind of like break away in that particular sense but the particle board on there is also a much lighter particle board than you might get for a regular like folding table and they're designed like that the lot of a lot of stuff that was like even the chairs in a lot of cases are not your traditional folding chairs they're gimmicked folding chairs because they're when they're full collapsed up, they have a very flat, even surface on it. Yeah, they're not. Yeah, no, I. They, I they actually, don't look. They don't look like your traditional folding chair. chair. Yeah, they look a little, little off. Okay, so one of the other things that I wanted to ask you about was um, the audience. Audience okay. participation is a big thing in pro wrestling. Like they're touching them. They're they're. You know, they're, 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 I mean, they're actually touching the wrestlers when the wrestlers, the wrestlers, first of all, and, and this is true of almost all these matches, are as much out of that ring as they are in. Yes. In some cases, yes. Not all the time, but yes. Some, again, almost. And it, and well, it, aside from the women's tag team, the ones I watched were, were seemed to be equally inside and out. Yeah. Sometimes all the action happens inside the ring. Sometimes it happens around the ring, and sometimes it goes into the audience. There's a it does go into the audience. There's a match that happens that literally ends in the middle of the audience. It's the Miz versus Shane McMahon. They're fighting one another and it goes into the audience for a long period of time, which is not uncommon for WrestleMania. They going into the audience. There's usually at least one match that goes into the audience and then usually will come back into the ring, but yeah. sometimes it stays in the audience and stays there for a while or 
And in the case of uh, Miz and Shane McMahon, finished in the audience. Well, we'll come back to Miz because he, I guess, he has his own show called Miz and Mrs. Is this like like living with the Chrisleys or or one of those types of things? Um, yeah, it's 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 like a mix of like living. It's like you know how like the Karda- like living with the yeah. Kardashians, where yeah. like they have like they show you like a bit of their home life and then they switch to like an interview sort of thing. Yeah. Yep, they have Same that so. here. Oh gosh. Okay, seems like such a bad idea. Well, um, my, now, mind you, like, The Miz has been around for, like, 11, 12, 13 years here. He originally was on, he originally debuted, in, I want to say, in, like, 2005, 2006. And he had actually been on MTV beforehand, training to be a pro wrestler. And, like, his big deal was that he was using MTV as a way to get into the WWE. Well, it's, it's a pretty smart play. And, um... It, it is in a way here. Um, and so when he got to the WWE, he was very much a showboat kind of guy here. He was very much like a like a Hollywood star sort of thing, which is kind of still kind of continues on. on but yes, but him and his wife live in, moved from, I want to, moved, I don't remember from where, but moved to Austin and now live reside in Austin with their young child. And the exploits of the, of the TV show are basically their home life when he's, not wrestling. So it's a reality know. TV show. Yeah, there's another version of it. They've had um, Total Divas, which was all the women wrestlers kind of interacting with each other and having kind of their own additional plot. Um, and then you also have Total Bellas, which was the Bella Twins sort of, you know, series of stuff. Um, so, there's, so there's a whole nother, besides just the wrestling, a whole lifestyle thing that... That I don't watch and I don't follow, but I do that I am aware of. Mostly, it obviously it, does have some followers though, because there were ads for it. Oh and, no, yeah, yeah. No, again, okay. Like I would honestly watch the Miz and Misses because, like, I appreciate the Miz. Like a lot, of, and that's true for a lot of people who are fans of wrestling. Like, if you've watched a person for the last 12, 13, 14 years here, you kind of get to know their characters. You kind of get to know them on a certain level, and you're like. You know, like, it's one of the reasons why, like, I think that this should be the WWE champion, in all honesty, because he's been around for so long, and he's proven time and time again to be a really good worker, which is a good wrestler, and kind of, it kind of ways yeah. a good wrestler, and he's generally just not, he's always in kind of like the mid-card level, but what he does, though, is that he elevates the mid-card level, so he promotes, he gets other wrestlers to get him up to the higher level, so... That's kind of where his lot in life is now at this point. He's, but, he's on his rung in the ladder. Yeah, okay. which is fine. But, yeah. you know, he's, a, but again, like, he's a very good player. And the WWE actually rewards you for how, doesn't pay, when you're just a regular baseline wrestler, they don't pay you for, they, they pay you when you're a champion as kind of a bonus, but they pay you based off of how many years you've been with the company. Okay, well, this is a really good segue to, to one of the other matches that I watched. Okay. Okay, so I watched... Um, Daniel Bryan's 2000 tryout match. Oh. American Dragon. Yes. So, so, um, first of all, let me say, and, and we'll talk about this later when we come to the, the uh, WrestleMania match that I watched. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't have even recognized those two guys as the same guy. Nope. Okay. So, so. Very and, clean cut, baby face, no beard, like a buzz cut even, like, you know. Well, exactly, and and he and and in this, it was an interview with him, and then included his tryout match, and it um, 
in it, you know, he talks about what he he was trying to accomplish, what motivated him to go towards it. He talks about, um, you know, having competing offers from um, the what was then WWE and WCW. Yes. Okay. And he talks about having completed um, uh, competing offers from them, and then and and then he talks about in his tryout match, he actually uses some other. He says, looking back on it, it might have been disrespectful. But I used some other people's um, classic moves, and he talked about a certain chokehold um, that he had had uh, copied from somebody else. Mm-hmm. Um, but he said at that point he was just trying to prove that he was um, skilled enough yes. to do it. Okay, and and he talked about um, what you do to get ready mm-hmm. um, to pursue that as a career, and and. And one thing that I was struck all the way through this: these are athletes. They're they're they may be entertainers, but these are athletes. They, how many hours they must spend training beyond you know just sort of choreographing the whole thing? But um, you know, with with weight training and cardio training and and the whole thing, um, have a lot of respect for that. Oh yeah. And then and then we can talk about when we talk about the different matches. You know, some of. Um, what's real and what's not yes which which i thought was interesting so so i watched daniel bryan and i was really glad that i had because it allowed me to sort of look at a guy almost 20 years apart you know from 2000 to 2019 um and and see what he evolved into so Daniel Bryan's actually had a very interesting career because again like he started off as the american dragon and in 2000 he never actually got he, from what I understand, he never got actually into the WWE. It wasn't until, I believe, 2007, 2008, um, in which they were, I actually want to say 2008, maybe even 2009, um, that they were having like their first incarnation of what would have been NXT, um, which was a like a segment of like the of the show in which like a new upcoming wrestler was teamed with a current professional wrestler in the WWE and they were kind of like their mentor and they would go have matches and do other stuff here with the intention that one of them would eventually win a WWE contract. And that's how he originally started out. And then, um, and eventually he later found success teaming with another big guy uh, known as Kane, who is a huge, like seven foot tall guy. And they had a very much a tag team here, and um, eventually it all culminated with WrestleMania 30, in which um, he had basically kind of a similar story to like Kofi Kingston here, where um, he was a bit player, but he wanted to, be, but he was good enough to be a champ, to be in these matches, but he just kind of getting kept getting screwed out of it, and he created what it, what was later called the Yes Movement. Um, which everyone, you know, he raises his hands up to the air and everyone says, yes, yes, yeah. Again, audience participation, very, very integral. Well, okay, audience, they even touch the wrestlers. I mean, nobody's worried about a, a fan getting out of hand and, and injuring they, somebody? They do sometimes. Actually, the night before at the rest, at the WWE Hall of Fame, somebody apparently charged the ring and attacked Bret Hart. And why somebody would want to attack a guy who had a stroke and is like seventy plus years old, I won't. I will never understand. But somebody, you know, that's happened before in other cases here. Where like 
sometimes the audience comes and gets, you know, crosses the border and gets into, you know, gets into there. But most fans are of the notion here that, like, hey, when they're wrestling, don't bother them. You know, because, again, like, if you're doing your work and somebody just suddenly slaps you or hits you, like, that would be really weird, too. But in a lot of cases, you know, um, the fans, good fans, not all fans, but good fans don't interact with the wrestlers while they're wrestling. They were reaching out and touching them and and, and that sort of thing. But well, how often will you get the chance to reach out and touch somebody? I know, I know. Um, but it was interesting, and then lots of signs, and it, you know, I just wouldn't think this audience was into making signs. Signs were actually were a really big deal way, way back in the day. They've lessened up a lot more as of late because they're because the WWE has been a lot more cautious about what signs get in. Okay. Um, but back in the day here, I mean, you used to have signs that said, like, WWF is better than WCW or FWCW, and... You know, like bringing in a sign was a big deal. Like people, like if you got your sign sh- seen on the show, it was a, it was like a badge of honor in some cases. Here, it's, it's died down a little bit more since then, because I think in a lot of cases here again, the WWE has tried to choreograph their show a whole lot more, and having There's a an er- lot of choreography going on, and having like an errant sign that's not a part of what you want your message to be would be difficult to kind of black out and. Especially if it's right in the middle of the action where you got to shoot it anyways. Like, the, um, there's actually a point here where there's another prom- wrestling promotion that's going to be coming up here called AEW, which is All Elite Wrestling. Uh huh. Um, based off a lot of former Japan uh, American-born American and Canadian-born wrestlers that were wrestling in Japan, and um, when they announced they were selling T-shirts and other stuff because they're very big on merch, they've done a really good job yeah. of coordinating that. Um, the WWE would not, in their events, would not allow people to wear those T-shirts into the show. Oh. So they would not let you into the show if you were wearing an AEW shirt because they don't want to obviously promote the other brand on their show. Okay. Within Again, within reason. Yeah, but I get that. I no, get and that. I totally understand that too. Okay. All right, so let's go into one of the first matches here. And uh, one of the first ones I recommended for you was Kofi Kingston versus Daniel Bryan. Oh, 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 wow, the entrance. Um, Kofi's, Kofi's entrance is like four or five minutes. No, no, it's been much... They've had better entrances in the past. Like one oh, time... Oh, that was... In, in WrestleMania 32, they came out of a... They, they had a big uh, box of, um, of a cereal that they came out of, and then when they came out of it, they were dressed up in Dragon Ball Z costumes. Oh, wow. um, years later, they would have they they were into pancakes, so they had a bunch of um, uh, dwarf midget people come out dressed up as pancakes, dancing along with them as they went down the ring. In WrestleMania 34, they were the hosts of WrestleMania when it was in Florida, and they came down the they came they were they came down to the ring at the beginning dressed up like Final Fantasy 14 characters. So they, so yeah, like, and even right now, a lot of their wrestling gear is inspired by a Japanese comic called One Punch Man, which has a very kind of stylized sort of face to it and everything. And some of their gear is that face, but all their characters on them. So like, they're the New Day are really kind of a fun group because um, originally it was supposed to be kind of a. Um, uh, 
and not to seem weird or, or weird about it here, but they were originally meant to be kind of like a churchy sort of like group um, in the vein of what would be kind of like a black gospel sort of like group okay. you know, kind of thing. And um, and eventually what ended up happening was is that they ended up just flipping that around and were like, you know what, we're just going to be us. Because Co- Kofi has been around for a very long time. He's been a multi-tag team champion before, and I think he's held pretty much every other championship well, the before. the body, oh my God. God, I mean, he's the guy's built. Oh no, yeah, again, built for wrestling. Built for wrestling, and the and the contacts in the eyes, the eyes glow green, so intense. I, I guess I didn't see that. Um, but no, yeah. Oh so, no, that's Bobby Lashley. Never yeah, it's Bobby Lashley. Lashley. A little bit later okay, on. You okay, know. no, no. Co- Kofi had had uh, the, the lots of pink and pigtails. Pigtails. What's pink. with the pigtails? He's got a lot of dreads. Now, again, mind you, like, the New Day are, again, like, very kind of goofy like that. They're very silly in a lot of ways. Um, you also have uh, Biggie, who's kind of the big bruiser guy in that. Yeah. Um, and he's, um, he was a former NXT champion. And you have um, Xavier Woods, which is there as well. Xavier Woods, PhD in psychology. Well, you could use psychology with this. Okay, so I have a, I have, so I have a question. Yes. Okay, so so you had Kofi and you had Daniel Bryan, who, as you said, was a babyface. He was the American Dragon, mm-hmm. and and watching his tryout uh, match, and watching this, I it took me a moment to really connect that it was the same guy. Yes. He's this scraggly, scruffy, looks like the Hick from some yeah. someplace. Yeah, not quite right. Yeah, and 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 he look and next to next to Kofi, he looks kind of scrawny. Yes. Mind you, like Daniel Bryan's only like five foot two, five foot three. Kofi is, I think, f- six foot one. Yeah, I mean, it just um, so, so. One of my comments is so much smack talk, so much smack talk. Yes. And and all, I have a question for you, and that's that. Um, watching the pay per view. You get all the announcer discussion and discussion about who the fighters are and or who the wrestlers are and and you know what their odds are of of winning and all these things. Mm-hmm. And I'm assuming the audience in the arena isn't hearing any of that. No, they don't. They don't get the you know they don't get the extra narration at all. Um, Boy, I love the narration. I, mean, I would actually love to go to one of these. It it strikes me as being the same sort of. Um, like I don't really fully understand hockey, but I'll go to the games because it's so intense and mm-hmm. and and a good fight will break out. So um, I think this would probably be the same thing where I wouldn't necessarily understand what was going on, but, but it's, it's so intense. But it'd certainly be fun to watch it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, but I, I liked actually the narration, and you get a lot of it. And it helps fill in a little bit of the gaps and kind of points you in a certain direction here as well. The narration and the announcers do a really good job of not only telling you what's happening in the ring, calling the match as it is, but also do a very good job of kind of yep. narrating a bit of what's happening here. Because you always have, um, in the past there's always always been two commentators. There's been a the call-by-call call commentator, and then there was what they called a color commentator. And the color commentator was usually the guy that, uh, the the regular, like, day-to-day commentator would be the guy who took, like, the straight role. It was often kind of a baby face as well, while the other guy was a more more like a heel. So a lot of the time, like, 
oh, there was a bad guy in the ring. Oh, I love Stone Cold. I love The Rock. He's a great guy. Oh, I love The Rock. What are you talking about? The Rock has, you know, done X, Y, and Z horrible. Yeah, but The Rock's got that cool eyebrow thing. He's the best guy ever. You know, like, that would have been Jerry the King Lawler. And, and Jerry the King Lawler and Jim Ross were a very famous commentary duo. Um, but yeah, but that would have been, like, the idea. And now you have three people there, so you have two extra color commentators, and they're going to go, again, like, it's a good way to kind of build up the narrative and all the stuff happening. Well, and, and so the interesting thing about it was um, by the time I got to match three, um, I would listen to the commentary while they were getting all set up um, and people were coming in and they were, you know, everybody's doing their, their long, long intro thing. Um, and I found I could pick out who was going to win. Kind of, yeah. Because of how it was set up. Because it's always the underdog. Now, now mind you, this WrestleMania is somewhat unique because this WrestleMania was a very fan-favorite WrestleMania because everyone who the fans wanted to win won. Okay, so... Which is not always the case. In some, Wrestle, in some WrestleManias, the guy who you didn't want to win has won, or they've, you know, like, WrestleMania tends to be a lot of, um, like... It's a lot of end to the storylines. It's a lot of feel good moments at the end of the day because it so makes, it's wrapping it up. It's yeah, it's basically the end of like a season. Okay. So well, it, it was interesting because I I felt like um, the the color commentators really did sort of um, in the way they presented it, kind of gave it away a little. I thought so. I thought yeah. That that said, there's so much color already, but they really do add a lot. Oh yeah. So yeah. so it it was. Um, it was interesting. The, the whole thing's so overdone that overdoing it doesn't matter. No, it doesn't. In, in fact, actually, you'd be a little disappointed if they weren't going over the top. In some cases, like in in some cases here, like some matches um, in this car in this event here were not quite as energetic or not quite as over the top in some cases. So, like. The, the audience doesn't get a good reaction out of this. And you may have noticed this during the matches here, too, where, like, you know, they slow the characters, the wrestlers are slowing down. They're not doing as many high moves or moving around a lot here. And the audience has very much died down. But the second they start doing a lot more stuff here, the audience just picks back up right away, almost right away. And then they keep going back and forth when it's a high energy sort of thing. The audience is very intent on everything oh, oh, happening. It, they're, they're so engaged. And even I sitting in a chair. Mm -hmm. in front of a screen was really engaged yes so so i mean it's it's absolute entertainment oh. it, 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 i had a blast uh, okay so so kofi versus daniel um the hopping up on the ropes just literally just like they're so agile and, and again like one of those things here too is that like you wouldn't think to do it here, but a lot of wrestlers again they just they they just leap up like three feet, like two and a half, three yeah. feet up into the air, right onto the right onto the to the and land perfectly balanced. Yes, and then hop up on the next one in a single move. Yes, and then even in some cases here they get through the ropes, or in some cases a lot of time when they go to leave the rope leave the ring in some cases they just kind of like casually just fall onto their back. They don't like bend down to go. No, they just casually just kind of fall to their oh, back or side I loved and roll watching out of the ring. I loved watching them roll right back in. They're ex they're playing like they're exhausted, and and I actually think that you know it's so physical they must be. It, it's, yeah. Later in the matches they definitely are. Are yeah. 
Um, but you're watching them very agilely roll back into that ring and stand up in one smooth movement. Mm -hmm. I mean, the, the physical, the physicality of the whole thing, I was really taken with um, and, and impressed by. Yeah. I, I really was. So, so it's exactly what you said earlier. I, I found Kofi kind of cartoonish. Very cartoonish, yes. And, um, you know, that not just in how he dressed, but how he acted, the, the whole sort of um, campy. Kempi would be a very good way to describe it. Yeah. Yes. And and Daniel Bryan, just a hick that was going to give you whip. Mm -hmm. Just, um, <laughs> uh, and it was very obvious that the matchup was exactly to play off of those qualities. So originally, actually, and it's not confirmed here necessarily, but it's believed that originally Kofi Kingston wasn't supposed to be in this match at all. Oh, but they talked... Okay, so the color commentary talked about, about how he earned the right to be there. So, what originally... So, and this kind of happens in a, long, a lot of cases here where, like, if a wrestler gets injured, somebody else comes in to fill the spot of that wrestler in some cases here. Um, what had happened was is that about two pay-per-views before this here was a match called the Elimination Chamber. Now, there was another guy who was supposed to be in the match... Um, and I can't remember his name right now, something, uh, Ali something. Um, he twisted his ankle, so he can't participate in the match. If he's twisted his ankle, he's not going to be of any use to it. And instead, they put in Kofi Kingston for that match. And Kofi Kingston ended up being, like, the last guy with Daniel Bryan for the championship. They, had, they talk about that. And they yeah. had, like, a really, really good match. And even the week before that, they had... Uh, what they call a gauntlet match was where like one wrestler starts and then two two guys wrestle and then when the one guy wins the other loser leaves but another guy comes in and you have to keep going until whoever's the last guy won. Well, Kofi Kingston lasted for like five six wrestlers for like an hour wrestling. I saw that and they and they kept talking about how how unfair that was. Well, then they, they did that again later on in which like he was fighting to get a match and the notion was that. If you beat all these wrestlers, and if you wrestled like five of these top major wrestling guys here, that he would win a shot for the championship. And at the very last minute here, the authority figures come in and they basically say, oh, now that you've wrestled like five of the top wrestlers here over the last hour, now you've got to fight Daniel Bryan when you're like dead tired. And of course he loses, so he doesn't get that. The following week, um, the New Day basically... His fellow, his fellow friends here are basically like, look, if you look like if they they can't keep doing this to you, you can't keep screwing you over. You've been here for a while. You deserve this championship. And they have a tag team gauntlet match. So notion is that like they go through the same thing where they wrestle like four or five guys, and eventually the new day win at the end of the day. The two Biggie and uh, Xavier Woods win, which allows Kofi Kingston to have that title opportunity. Okay, so so if you haven't been to a wrestling match before, you, you probably don't realize that all this stuff gets played. Yes. So so there's lots of, of time, screen mm -hmm. time, given to background stories yes. in, with video fill-in. And my, my question for you is, since you've been to one of these live, um, I assume that's sort of like when you're at a basketball game and there's a TV timeout. So a lot of what will happen here is that... Um, when, if, if there's a video, if there's a video montage, and WWE is very good about creating video complimentary sort of stuff for their big matches here, like and 
Um, the timestamp I put in here allowed you to see some of that extra yeah. stuff there going into yeah. it. So you which was helpful, which helpful seeing it because then you weren't cold. Yeah. Yeah. But some matches don't get that. Okay. So like if you were watching the Bobby Lashley-Finn Balor match, which is another match we watched later on, that didn't have any of the extra stuff yeah, before it here at all. So if you weren't going into it knowing kind of what's happening beforehand, you were probably going to be a little bit lost. But they did a video package for their big matches here, which are the big kind of center point events. And usually the world, their world championship matches are like those big center point moments for them. Okay. Uh, but they don't do it for, they don't, and they, they sometimes will do it for other matches here. I think they did it for uh, The Miz versus Shane McMahon because that was a very kind of like a long gestating story match where like there had been a lot of other stuff happening. So they did one for that. Um, they'll do it for some of their bigger story moments and stuff like that, but not all the time. It was interesting to watch that because um, obviously the, what, what it was attempting to do was, was build up um, for, for Kofi Kingston why he was so deserving. Yes. And, and how, how really tough he was. And, and quite frankly, even, even knowing that the outcomes are, are sort of settled beforehand, I couldn't imagine going through five of those in a row because they just... Again, the, the 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 physicality, even even if punches are pulled, the physicality of the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so so yeah, I um, I thought that the contrast between the characters was very interesting. And so that match, if it if in in my point of view, if that had been the match that ended the show, like it would have been the most feel good moment of the entire event because like his kids come up at the very end, they. They have so Daniel Bryan has introduced a eco-friendly championship belt, and um, what was funny about that was is that like it's made out of like cloth and wood and rocks and stuff because he's it's sustainable. It's, it's a sustainable championship belt, and then what they do is they bring back the original black and gold version of the belt that we had here, and yeah. um, it's already got the side plates on there for Kofi Kingston and his kids get to come up and. The New Day are there, and they're all super happy and excited for him as well. And it's a very feel-good moment at the end yeah. of the day. Like yeah. if that had been the way W, if that had been the way the WrestleMania ended, like that would have been like it for for everybody. That would have been like the mo- that would have been the best way to end it. So let's move on to another match. Okay. Uh, how about the women's tag team championships? Okay. So so um, again, nice outfits. The, yeah, like the women have got like just the most colorful, they're, unique they're be- outfits, oh, and they're beautifully done. We can talk about how how the girls, as it were, stay in, but um, and and especially in in the the main event match, how they manage to keep those from not popping out of the top um, is sort of a surprise to me. But well <laughs> done. Um, but uh, elegant, detailed. Spangled, just lots of sequins. Lots of sequins, lots of spangle, um, and how you move around in those comfortably, I don't know. Um, so, so good on you. Um, my my wager, and I can't speak for this personally, but a lot of their wrestling gear is based off obviously of spandex. So, oh yeah, it's, it's based it's, off of spandex, but but all those spangles have to be sewn on, which takes some of that stretch away. Yes. Plus, plus those have got a great against your skin. Yeah, in some cases. I mean, a lot of, I mean. There's rhinestones. There's all sorts of stuff on mm-hmm. there. The, like, the, the seamstresses for the WWE are like 
professional or like amazing professionals with the costumes here. Like, yeah, because yeah. mind you, like some some of that wrestling gear will only ever be worn for that show. Well, yeah, they'll almost never wear it ever again. In some cases, like especially with. Um, you wouldn't wear the same dress to the prom one year after another. No, but you might. But you might wear it again for a couple more sh- for a couple more taping episodes. Because again, if you spend a lot of money on it, you might. But not all the time. I mean, like when, as an example here, when the um, New Day came out in like a Dragon Ball Z entire attire sort of stuff here, like a lot of that was just like the singlets and the pant and the yeah. pants here. They didn't wear. They we wore that stuff for a couple for a couple more weeks. Get, get your money out of it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So so I, I, I'm I going to assume that one of the disqualifiers is pulling somebody's hair. Because because nope. all that all that hair, but nobody was pulling hair. Uh, they don't pull hair as much because it's kind of... It, they don't yank. They, don't, mean, they don't yank. And mind you, like way back in the day, you would have pulled a lot of hair. But it's... It, but that would have been like... But now it's kind of a sign of like... N- a cheap shot kind of like a cheap shot but at the same time like not really a very honorable sort of thing to do anymore like if you were like a really a bad bad guy here at the end of the day like you might pull somebody's hair as a way of like taunting them all all four of these chicks had well there's eight of them that's true okay so all eight of them have a lot of hair have a lot of hair not not a shortcut amongst any of them yeah and and um by the way, nice coordination. Nobody wearing the exact same thing, but wearing well, same in, themes. Well, in some cases here, yeah, like Bailey and Sasha Banks. Bailey, by the way, San Jose native. Oh, very cool. So, um, build out of San Jose too. Um, Sasha and Bailey have similar colored stuff, but they also, but they're all also have like their own stuff here. Though, so like Sasha is based. Sasha's wing gear is often based off of um, Eddie Guerrero, which was a very famous, famous older uh-huh. uh, older wrestler here. And Bailey's is often based off of the Ultimate Warrior, so like the jacket with like all the tassels and everything on yeah. it. Yeah. Um, and so like, or excuse me, not the Ultimate Warrior, um, the Macho Man, Macho Man Randy Savage, excuse me. So like their gear is designed. Sometimes they take influences off of other stuff, but they're both their gear were always like white and blue and gold. So like right. they had a theme to it, but they weren't the exact same thing. And I cases, actually was reminded of of this the the Chargers. Uh, you can see that. Yeah, definitely see that. Um, but yeah, so so not identical, but but uh, similarly colored and themed. Yeah, so you can, yeah. You so that's how you can tell which person is yeah. which in some and, cases. And you need that. Yes. Because you're not that familiar with them, and they move so they they move around and tag in and out pretty quickly. So this was an so in a fatal four way tag team match. Um, Again, now more, mind you, normally like you t- normally you wouldn't have everybody on each corner. You just have two sets of teams on either corners. Yeah. But in this case here, like it's only two people at a time that are the legal people that can pin each other and submit right. each other. And so, in order to get your team, in order to get your team in there, so you get a chance in there, you got to tag in. So that's why there was a lot of crazy tagging back and forth. Now this is not again not a traditional tag team match, but it's certainly a more high energy tag team match and. Um, the fact that the women are having a huge tag team match here is unusual because these tag team titles just got debuted at the Royal Rumble here about three or four months prior. Okay. So, like, the fact that the women have a tag team championship now is somewhat unique because that wasn't the case here going prior to going into this year's WrestleMania. So, 
Um, okay. Again, there's a large focus on women being, you know, the top stars of the company here. I, okay, so and I'm going to assume that because um, because of course the main event, as we said earlier, was uh, a, a three-way women's match yep. with with really well-known women. Oh yeah. So so that was impressive. Um, I I'm going to assume that they inserted this where they did on the card. Um, because it sort of shakes up the um, momentum of the day. It was a much faster event mm -hmm. than, than the others. So I assume that there was sort of a pacing that they were doing to sort of maybe re-engage the audience. In some cases, yeah. Like in a lot of cases, what they'll do is after a really big feel-good moment, like you've been through a lot and you're just like, yeah. oh man, I need a little bit of a break. And yeah. so... Um, a really good example of this, and this goes really even further back here, is that if you ever watch the movie Star Wars, you'll notice that like there's moments, if you were to plot it out on a graph, the time uh -huh. versus the high energy moments, it's kind of like riding a roller coaster where it goes up and then goes back, and then you have a little bit of a lull, and then it goes back up and a lull. So by the time you get to the very finale, you're at this very high energy sort of point here, and even when you get to a lull, it's still somewhat energetic, and then it just kind of just goes back down. That's also the case in pro in a wrestling show where, like, again, you just if you have like a really really super high moment here, you're gonna need a lull to go back down. And sometimes you'll have a shorter, quicker, or maybe not as a more engaging match happening between there, but one that still people want to watch. Right. And you did to give a chance for the fans to breathe, the fans to kind of be like, oh, "Wow, that was a great match!" Like, and give give them a moment to kind of. Relax a little, and then in some and in some cases here again, where the match in this case was where to build a lot of high energy going into the next event. Yeah. Well, and I would say it was more energized, but not as emotional. No, um, because the storyline for it was not um, something that had been building for the last couple of weeks. Okay, if this was this was something that literally came together within the last four weeks, give or take. Um, but in some cases, here again, we're like Daniel Bryan versus Kofi Kingston. That took like two and a half, three months. So like the energy and emotion are, took a lot longer to get there. Well, I mean, it, it certainly seemed to energize people. It just didn't seem um, as emotional. No. Okay. And even the winners of the match were somewhat of a, um, not necessarily ironic, but certainly very interesting winners because it's a pair of women from Australia who are, who are probably a more legit tag team, if anything. Mm -hmm. um, than all the other wrestlers um, because they actually have their own tag team name versus everyone else is just a pair. Yeah. Got um, it. And so they win, and I imagine they'll be the champions for the next, like, 90 to 100-plus days. Um, it's a very kind of... Um, uh, so the Iconics are kind of in the vein of what would have been uh, Edge and Christian, which were very kind of a tag team that were very good tag team wrestlers, but they had kind of a comedic flair to them as well. Yeah. Which was a lot of, which again, for, for a fan, is a lot of fun because you get to see some, you know, people who are kind of, you know, making light of kind of being a professional wrestler, but having fun at the same time. And they're, they're a lot of fun to watch. Yeah. Um, but, you know, yeah, no, very, very busy match there on that one. Um, so next one on my list here would have been Seth Rollins versus Brock Lesnar. This was the very, this is one of the very ma first matches in the beginning of the show. Um, Paul Heyman is a, the mouthpiece for Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar is not is a very is a good wrestler. He's not a good talker. He never has been, never was. And the way Brock Lesnar is is that, um, and this is kind of odd for why the WWE would do this here. But uh, Brock Lesnar has been kind of the Universal Champion, which is one of their World Championships, for it seems like two years now. 
and he rarely shows up on TV. He rarely defends the title. I would... Okay. I find that odd. Yes, and and a lot of fans have as well, because um, when the championship was introduced back in 2016... um, did he get hurt? No, he just doesn't like to show up for match. He just doesn't like to show. It's, well, do you have a choice? I mean, you're working it, for an employer. It's in his contract, actually. His oh. contract is that he only wrestles for a certain amount of dates. He usually is only on the big shows like Royal Rumble, SummerSlam, WrestleMania, Survivor Series, which is some of the big match, okay. big stuff here. He doesn't wrestle all that often, and he's again had a stranglethorn a stranglehold of that championship here for the last two years, essentially. And so the, so the, so the belt and the belt and the championship are never on TV at all. And that's why this match was very important to a lot of wrestlers because again, it was a shot. Well, because it was a chance to actually get the belt off Brock Lesnar. Because Brock Lesnar is, but not uh, really. Okay. So let's talk about this for a second. You say that as though, the outcome isn't already determined. No, no. Again, the we all like again. Like it's it's a suspension of disbelief. Again, at the end of the day, here is Iron Man going to win the day? Is going to win at the end of the day? Yeah, Iron Man's going to win at the end of the day. But there's a moment in which you're like, oh, maybe it won't happen. Oh, don't. Well, no. okay. Yeah. So, so what what I found myself doing, and and you're right. You kind of suspend belief. Disbelief. Yeah. Um, I found myself. Enjoying the entertainment enough that I didn't care. No. In a lot of cases, you don't. I mean, like, obviously they telegraph some stuff here of, like, who's going to win in a lot of cases. And this is one of those WrestleManias where a lot of feel-good moments were kind of, like, yeah. the, the theme of the sh- of the show. Um, but to say that you know what's going to happen versus not what's going to happen is a little disingenuous because, again, I mean, like, the intention... You, you don't know what they were. But, but if this guy negotiated all these things in his contract, if, if you... He obviously has... A good leverage to be able to negotiate it into his contract. Mm-hmm. At which point, who doesn't negotiate a contract that says I always win? So in Brock Lesnar's case here, like the the intention was that like Brock Lesnar was such a giant monstrous figure mm-hmm. that like anybody that does beat him would have legitimacy as to yeah. having that championship, and so it would make anybody who actually got that championship legitimate legitimate champion. Versus in some cases here, we're like. You build up, you build up somebody to to by the time they find, by the, you build up somebody to be the Goliath. So by the time David comes around and beats him, it's like, holy shit! Look at David; he finally beat the monster, and so that's yeah. the intent. Yeah. Um, and in Brock Lesnar's case here, like Brock Lesnar was always meant to be that high pinnacle, you know, guy. He was always meant to be that guy that like, you know, yeah, this guy is definitely going to win because he's a huge guy. He's six foot five. He's got such an advantage. He's six foot five. He's like three hundred thirty pounds of pure freaking muscle. Um, he used to be former Uf- UFC champions. He was a former UFC champion. Well, okay, so we'll, and we'll talk about that when we talk about uh, Ronda Rousey. Yeah, yeah. Um, but no, yeah. Again, like he's this huge guy, and so anybody that beats him legitimately is going to be like, you know, like it's going to be like it's going to be amazing when they do it because holy, because again, other, you'll see him in other matches where it's like. What does it take to beat okay, this guy? So why wasn't that the main event? Because I think going into it here, the women were more... There there had been a push for a number of years here to have women as the main event. And in some cases here, the idea of this women revolution that's happened here over the last five five or so years here now 
um, has been has been an intent to make women a forefront of their company because again, I mean, like, and like in all honesty here, like if it's a such it's such a male dominated industry. It's a yeah. very male. I mean, oh, the crowd. The, I mean, cra- the crowd is a super male uh, dominated sort of crowd. And at the end of the day, here as well, when you look at a lot of the matches here, there's got to be about fifteen some on ma- fifteen some on matches here. When you look at it from that status point here, like only four of them for, were women. Yeah. Back yeah. in the day, there might have been like ten some, might have been like eight, nine, ten message matches. Only one of them would have been about women. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I totally, I totally get that, and I actually really, you know, I really enjoyed the women's I, match. And, and I think the, I think the intent of the WWE is to tap into a women, to a women friendly audience to show the women can be just as, just. So you as, go, so you go to that event and you bring a date. Well, not so much as you bring a date. I think, I think that you, you, you spark the notion here that like. Women don't have to be just, you know, glamorous-looking creatures that are okay. and managers, but okay, they could so be... Okay, we'll, so we'll, we'll talk about that when we get there, because they are glam... I mean... They're absolutely queen. very glamorous, yeah, you know, okay. absolutely, but... Well, and, and I would say the, the tag team women were all... Very pretty. No, again, no. no. And, and, and nice makeup. How does that makeup... St- it's a it's a question. How does that makeup stay? I'm assuming there's a sweat-proof thing. I'm not a makeup person, but, like, I'm assuming... Kind of amazing. Um, we can talk about that with regard to, to Finn Balor as well. Oh yeah. But but um, but yeah. So so that was you know one of the questions I have was was obviously that was a huge match. Mm-hmm. Why wasn't that the main event? But that's a good explanation. Yeah. No. And, and part of the thing here as well is that I think the reason why it was especially the beginning match here as well is that it's a great way to just hype up the crowd real quickly. Yeah. By having that. They've done that in years past where, like... It seems sort of like, though, sort of anticlimactic because the one thing everybody's waiting for is now done. Yeah. But mind you, like, that's just one of the things everyone's waiting for. Like, okay. It's, I think everyone was of the opinion here that, like, this is definitely going to happen. Seth's definitely going to win this championship and pull it off of Brock Lesnar because... Like if it doesn't, like what happens next? It's time. Then you, in, yeah, it's been time. Then you gotta wait until SummerSlam, which was like another three or four months away, because that doesn't happen until like so we're July, like, are, August. Are, are the big events like once a quarter then? So the, some of the big events are once a quarter here. So like SummerSlam happens in uh, August, in like July and August. WrestleMania is usually in April. Um, the Royal Rumble happens in January, and then you have Survivor Series, which happens usually in like. Uh, October, November, normally. Okay. So, but they have a pay per view every three to four weeks here normally, and in some okay. cases here it's just like this one brand, or sometimes they're both brands. They've been so going, those are the th- those are the events that have come here locally. The, they they come here locally, but you also have like Raw and SmackDown will come here occasionally, and then okay. So the next time one comes here locally, we'll go. Yes. Okay. Yes, I'm I'm sure you know a guy who has good seats. I could, I, I could try. <laughs> okay. All right. So, yeah. So, Seth Rollins versus Brock Lesnar. This was... Um, the the question with this match was always going to be, how do they get through it here? Brock Lesnar matches are always really quick because he's, he's not a wrestler that does endurance. Almost all of Brock Lesnar's matches over the last course of... Big uh, guy. Big guy, but he's not, good at, he's not good at wrestling long matches. Yeah. And so... Um, even, even, like, a couple of years ago, he was him versus Goldberg in 2017... And that match lasted all of like four or five minutes as well, very short matches. Well, and okay, so so let's talk about that. So, so most of these matches are twenty twenty five minutes. Some cases, yes. Okay, 
Okay, and when you talk about Match, I'm talking about from the minute you start introducing the, the, the characters. Mm-hmm. So, so five minutes of that is the intro. Yep. And then they're going at it for this long period of time. Which is unusual for them. Is it really? Because I think almost everything I watched, with the exception of, of this, was really long. It was like five, ten minutes. It was, so normally a good wrestling match lasts for anywhere between like six, seven to ten minutes. If it lasts longer than that, then it's usually a bigger match, like a tag team match. Because well, I think the, almost everything I watched with the with with this exception was was I mean Kofi and, and so Kofi was probably about a 30 minute sort of thing after the entrances um, the women's tag team was also probably about another like 15 20 minutes after the, the entrances, entrances. Uh, Seth Rollins and Brock Lesnar here was and when you get past the entrances we're about maybe 10 15, 10 12 minutes here yeah uh, Bobby Lashley versus Finn Balor that one was 15 minutes just because Finn Balor's entrance is about half of the, of the, oh, half of the thing. He was, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that. Well, let's okay. move on to that right now if you want. Because, again, like, that's an amazing. Oh, ama- okay. So, so, <laughs> you, first of all, okay, so you have Bobby Lashley come out and he's, like, so intense. He's got the contacts in the eyes that make mm-hmm. them glow like a cat. Yeah. Okay. Very green eye. Very first time we've ever seen him with that, I like it. What? Not even green. They're chartreuse. Yes. Those puppies glow. Mm-hmm. Okay. So he looks almost like he's... Uh, he looks almost like an alien in some ways. I, I, I would wager he looks like Bruce Banner before he turns into There the you go. And he's got that intensity. That's mm-hmm. actually a good description. Um, he has that intensity that he, I mean, he looks like he's going to, to eat raw meat. I, I mean... I, I, you see some of these guys. In one of the guys here is like seven feet, seven feet tall. He used to be a former, former world heavyweight um, bodybuilder, bodylifter guy. Like he used to be like the heavy man competitions. He's described him his himself as having to eat somewhere in the neighborhood of about like twenty to thirty kilograms of protein on a daily basis and a certain amount of other foods here just to keep up his own physique. Well, just to maintain the muscle mass. Yeah. And, to, and mind you, like, these are wrestlers that are, that when they, mind you, they'll travel to their show, and then they have, like, three more shows they have to go to, which are smaller, what they call house shows. Now, they'll they'll happen in smaller venues. Like, this might be, like, um, not Spartan Arena, but maybe, like, uh, where... Civic Auditorium. Like, civic, mm, civic Auditoriums and, like... Um, college you know college Venues, college centers range. okay yeah so they so they travel around for like three or four more days in some cases here in some and usually like they'll travel so like if they start in let's say like san jose they'll travel maybe they'll stay in the area and they'll be able to do a show at stanford and maybe then they'll travel up to sonoma for something over in sonoma and then maybe they'll work their way over back around to like oakland or something so they're traveling around in some cases you might have even further so if you started in like San Diego here as an example you got to travel all the way up to Los Angeles for something over there and then from Los Angeles you might travel all the way up to San Jose or somewhere in between and then maybe finish it with a thing at San Jose or something like that like that okay so 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 as we're talking about this one of the things that really struck me was you could see as as much as it is choreographed people are bouncing on on tables and and um you know hitting things and hitting poles and and hitting the backboards those things must be padded yes okay so and and i'm talking about the enclosure outside of the ring yes those are padded yes um you saw 
physical injury that was real physical injury. You saw cuts, you saw bruises, you saw, um, you saw pain. I mean, genuine pain. Genuine not, pain, yeah, genuine absolutely. Genuine pain. Um, you saw body parts at angles that you knew twisted something and, mm -hmm. and they miraculously get back up. But um, towards the end of some of these matches, and it's extremely true in the women's match, mm -hmm. um, but, but it was true in this one as well, you saw real hurt, even though you, I mean, you see you see pulled punches. and You, you see, see pulled punches of what looks like something would really hurt, but you can kind of tell that it's acting. Again, like in some cases here, when like somebody drops to the ground here from, fit, from 10 feet up in the air, like that's not not painful. Like right. there's there's no way for that not to be painful. Again, that's why when the first thing I said back in our tutorial episode here last week was that wrestling is not fake. It's scripted, but it's not fake. This, yeah, this is so definitely one of those. Real, and, and and you and you, I felt like like you saw you know you, you know when people are getting kicked, they're not really getting kicked, mm -hmm. and you see them stamping their feet at the same time that they're doing certain things to make the stage flex, and well, stuff like that. You yeah. see that, but. On the, on the flip side, you saw real injuries, I and mean, you saw uh, cuts, you saw bruises, you saw... Um, In one case here, somebody's got, somebody had a nose ring pulled out of their nose yeah. with a pair of pliers. Oh. That was Drax the Destroyer. Oh, that's not nice. This was the, this was the, that was the reason why I didn't have the show that show you that match, because I didn't find that match to be very interesting. <laughs> Well, gosh, that's just like wrong. Yeah, but, yeah. Okay, so so um, the green eyes that seem to glow, um, and and then Finn Balor, okay, like what's with the hair? It's because it, it, he comes <laughs> he comes out. He comes out in this very very bizarre sort of you know body paint sort of thing, right? Was his face, his back, the tongue? Keep it in your mouth, babe. So is I'm. Oh, I have a picture of it here. I'm sure I do. He uh, he he does. He, and 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 uh, I mean, he's the demon. So so I'm going to show you a picture here, and hopefully it'll make a little bit more sense. So this is what his normal kind of demon sort of look is normally. And so if you so and I'll put a picture of this online for on, on our on our blog here at nerdtutorialpodcast.com. Yeah. Um, the intention is that like. Where his neck is, is kind of like the gape in his mouth, but yeah. where his own mouth and his eyes are, are like these giant teeth, teeth. and everything. Yeah. yeah, so like body paint in pro wrestling is not unusual. Okay, it, and, and then I'm it, back to how does, it, how does it stay on? Because because they're grabbing each other and they're, they're obviously sweating. Mm -hmm. And... Um, and it's an air, there is an airbrush paint that you can that they do for this. There's a because he had a whole thing across his back. Yes, and, it, and and quite frankly, it took me a moment. At first, I thought it was Japanese themed, and then it didn't seem to be. No, I, uh, they, I couldn't I think re remember what his the what hair it is this thing time. was. The hair thing when he first came out, I'm like, how the hell does that work? You get the r ribbons, ribbons and braids, braids and, and all this stuff. And, stuff like and how in the world is that? Because that's going to get in your way. And eventually, and then, he just rips it and off. And he just rips it off. Yeah, it's and, just a cap. And 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 it's just a cap. And um, but imagine if you had hair that crazy. Well, but his whole logo is the is sort of the hair coming out from behind his name. Yeah. Um. So his his entrance was huge. His he's had he's had a more interesting uh, entrance, which has spurred a lot of like all the wrestlers to have 
in mind you, he comes from NXT, which NXT is yeah. the, is very well known for having when they get to their big pay-per-view events, always had trying to have grandiose sort of entrances and very kind of unique sort of stuff here because it's, you're trying to get these wrestlers' names out there. And Mao, he was a very, very, very popular guy in Japan. Oh, uh, so the Japanese influence, I might have been right. Yeah, okay. so he was a very, he was, um, in Japan, he was a part of a stable known as the Bullet Club, which was a series of American and what they might consider like gaijin or non-Japanese wrestlers coming into the Japanese thing and basically being about as American as you get, like, he would actually, like, his big deal was that, like, he would make his hand to the form of a gun and pretend to shoot people. So, like, they would, like, put bags over people's heads and, like, pretend to do mock executions, you know, in Japan. And it's very much to be, like, look how aggressive and mean these American guys are, these non-white guys. Look look at our nice, pure Japanese wrestling here. And these are these, these gaijin coming in from outside. So they're, they're the heels. Oh, he was... He was the leader of these heels. He was a very much a bad guy. He okay. was he was the baddest of bad guys there. And then he comes to the WWE. He's the he's honestly one of the nicest wrestling guys there. Like he okay. He, I, so I had this question about this match because I, I because I thought they were both heels. No, no, no. Finn Balor is very much the baby face. Now, what Finn Balor has done is that he draws in something called the Demon. Now he's done this before in Japan, where he's when he goes to the big matches, he'll do face paint and all body and all the body yeah. uh, body work and everything. Um, when he got to the WWE here, they wanted he said like let's keep doing this, but we're gonna call it the Demon. So it's kind of like an alternate. Do you persona. ever? Okay, so does he keep his persona on? No, he only ever brings that one out for pay per view stuff. He rarely, if ever, I, actually in the last like two years, he actually really hasn't even come out as the Demon here at all. It's more or less kind of like a okay, I really kind of need to bring it. I need to bring out the Demon. So like oh okay that explain okay so so the announcers were actually talking about he's bringing out the demon yeah and so, I'm like what the hell yeah so it's like you didn't know beforehand like he doesn't it's not an everyday occurrence it's not okay. it's not a like every pay per view sort of event here either it's only when he really you know now mind you like Bobby Lashley and Finn Balor have been fighting over the Intercontinental Championship for the last few last three or four months here now and it's a kind of been a somewhat back and forth here. Um, and I get, and again, like Finn Balor pulling out the demon is one of these ways of saying like, okay, I'm going to go there. I'm going to go to the dark place to just do this and get this done. Well, yeah. And the, and the whole back, I mean, we're not talking like a little design. No, no. We're talking the whole. All the way down to the, all the way down to the shorts. Yeah. Is, is painted. I mean, it's, it's and, a. And it's an airbrush, sort. it's an airbrush, uh, that's body paint that's designed to, withstand with a bit of waterproofing in it he there's you gotta yeah it would have to you have to be sweat proof now mind you in longer matches it starts wearing off you know but obviously that's much longer matches this was okay. a very short match at just under like i think four or five minutes long here from bell from bell to bell but if you count the entrances it was like a again like his entrance is one of the most involved entrances of all like it's Everyone, you know, mind you, like whenever they'd have like the moment where like he like lifts his arms up, the entire crowd lifts their arms up as well. As well, it's a big deal. But even even when he's not entering the ring as the demon, like his entrance is still like a four minute entrance. Okay, so so does he always do the the Gene Simmons tongue thing? No, again, only as the demon. Only as the demon. Ah, okay. Yeah. That's, and, that that was just you know, like because mind you, like as the demon, he's a lot more. He's a more aggressive, fast paced wrestler. Okay. And when he's not as the demon, he can be a little more. He's still a fast-paced, flippy sort of guy here today because he's, I think, maybe at most 130 pounds. 
well, again, or 230 pounds. Again, another one of those matches in which the size difference is 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 amazing. Is amazing. And, and so one of the things I was going to ask you about is, the, do they go by any particular weight, or is there any particular guideline? So there is one single division that does that. It's called the cruiser weight, and it's for anybody who's under 225 pounds. Okay. And so you might be a part of So if you're a part of that division, you have you only wrestle with other people that are under 225 pounds. It's usually people that are like 215, 221, well, how, 224. How, how much does someone like Daniel Bryan weigh? Daniel Bryan's in actually like probably like the two. 240 category probably you think so probably okay. i mean like there are some wrestlers though keep in mind like there's another wrestler called ray mysterio he's also very he's also a small man um very well built man but he could wrestle uh, he's been the cruiserweight champion before on some occasions um but in a certain on a certain level here like it's considered that like if you're good enough, you'll wrestle for the heavyweight championship because that's more exposure in some cases and more opportunities to fight okay. other people versus if you're just on the um, on the cruiserweight side, which you're, is, you're sort of capped. You're, you're capped at just wrestling with other guys that are of a small weight class here. Okay, because it, st- it struck me with the with with both Daniel Bryan with Kofi and um, and Bobby Lashley and, and Finn Balor. Yeah, Finn Balor. That, that there was a, a real mismatch for size. In in Japan, actually, he was a very well-known junior heavyweight championship, which meant that if you were a... Because in Japan, they have a lot more smaller guys there. Like, he was one of the... He was one of the big champions for... Despite being a still very small guy. Okay. And then he, he lost several attempts to try to get up to the the main heavy heavyweight class here in matches because he wrestled for those matches but never could get there. Okay. All right, so the last match I want to talk about is the women's main event. This is Becky Lynch versus Charlotte Flair versus Ronda Rousey. And everybody comes with their own sign of, sign of weird pedigree here. So um, Ronda Rousey is obviously a, Uf, a former UFC fighter who's now a WWE wrestler. She's done MMA. She's done um, legitimate boxing. She's been in movies. Yeah. Um, but now she's in the WWE because she's been a fan of this for a long time. And she's actually... Um, fans with the former she was actually very much a friend of former of unfortunately passed away wrestler uh uh roddy rowdy roddy piper who was a very much a very heelish wrestler who's been around since the first wrestlemania um wore a kilt and everything to the ring which is why she wears a, a kind of a similar sort of like knit skirt there yeah. as well yeah um which is always funny is it a kilt for women too or is it just a skirt yeah it's still a kilt yeah so um, and, she, and, and again, uh, Rowdy wears a leather jacket. That's why Ronda wears a leather jacket. So she comes with this kind of thing. That's also the, sa- the same music that they played for uh, Ronda Rousey. The same kind of music they played. It was literally the same song they played for Ro- Rowdy Roddy Piper. Okay. So you're like, you know, bad, you know, bad reputation. Okay. Uh, Charlotte Flair comes with the pedigree of being the daughter of Ric Flair. Rick I Flair, was going to ask you about that. Okay. And Ric Flair is a very old school, like very showman sort yeah. of wrestler. He's the guy who always came out in these big capes and very kind of big sort of robes and with all the sequins and everything. And Charlotte's obviously done her own version of that here. But she, but, and even um, when she's entering from a, when she's flying in from a helicopter, that was how. Ric Flair entered for one of his major events here. I think it was SummerSlam in 2004, 2005, somewhere in there, maybe. It, wrestling blends in together if you're not super into it all the yeah, time. Yeah, no, I bet. Um, 
and so both those two come with with a huge pedigree. Now Becky Lynch is an um, Irish wrestler uh, from Ireland. She actually was trained by Finn Balor at one point, and so um, she's had kind of a weird sort of time in WWE where she's been a uh, she's been a very she's been a popular wrestler. But she was never at the, quite the level of popularity she is now. So now she's in the, kind of the vein of what would be Stone Cold Steve Austin. And she's very much channeling Stone Cold Steve Austin. The, um, the I don't care what anybody else is doing. I'm going to do what I want to do sort of thing here. You're not going to tell me what I'm going to do sort of stuff She here. actually says that too. She says that on a number of occasions. that She's very anti-authority. Very much you're not going to stop me from doing whatever I want to do. And you're not yeah. going to stop me from wrestling and there's a bit here where like she goes up against the authority and they basically tell her okay well if you're not going to apologize to us you know for just asking that hey why don't you go to a doctor and get your leg checked out then when you're not going to be able to wrestle in the main event like that's like a huge like three week sort of bit here and because of that that's how charlotte flair gets introduced now mind you becky lynch won the royal rumble it's an event that happens in january and it's basically the notion here that uh, two people start in the ring and another guy comes in every minute or so. There's been anywhere from like a minute to 90 seconds. Mm-hmm. They flub the time on it all the time. Um, and the notion is that when you get thrown over the ropes, you're disqualified. So you're not in the match anymore. And so the intent is that you have to throw the last, is that you're the last person standing um, and everyone else gets thrown over the top rope. And if you win that, you get to have your choice of a championship match at WrestleMania. And it's usually always for the world championship because it's very unusual that you would go for the like mid-card title, like the Intercontinental yeah. or the yeah. United States Championship. Yeah. So Ronda Rousey, Ronda Rousey actually beat Charlotte um, and threw her over the top rope, and she, she won the, the chance to fight either the SmackDown champion or the Raw uh, World Women's Champion, and so she'd actually that night lost to the SmackDown Champion. She was going to fight the Raw Champion, and that was going to be. And everyone was already talking about, oh, this would be a great final main event here. This would be really interesting because Becky Lynch is being is now calling herself the Man. I was going to ask about that. I actually have that in my notes. The Man. Yeah. That just would seem to to be the antithesis of of sort of where a woman would want to be with that. Um, well, so her so her big deal has been like, you know, to be the, you know, you got to to be the man, you got to beat the man. I am the man and you have to beat me to get there. And so that's been her big shtick here since um since toward the end of last year actually. And so she's been so she's got shirts called just says the man in big big bold well, I think letters. They, they, I mean the when she came out, mm-hmm. the backdrop says the man. Yep. Yeah. Before her, before everything was this like steampunk sort of gear sort of thing happening. So like there was kind of she always came out in kind of like a like a nineteen like a fourteenth century sort of like cloak and like top hat with like goggles and her her wrestling gear was always had kind of like a like a steampunk sort of aesthetic to it with like gears and stuff like that. And so she's recently started you know coming out more as when she's as this version of the man which is again the very very much a nod to stone cold steve austin uh-huh. um her wrestling attire is still kind of is very feminine still with like the square little gems with yeah. the steel gems i don't know what they're called she's got uh, metal studs so metal studs yeah she's got metal studs well i mean okay so so looking at their apparel Ron, mm-hmm. you know ronda rousey dressed very much like like a female boxer yeah like an mma fighter yeah 
Um, and then and then Charlotte Flair in, in this in, lavender purple sort of like oh, gaudy rhinestones. You could have put uh, a mermaid tail on her. I know. I, yeah. I mean, it was or or made her uh, the the princess Jasmine from Aladdin. Oh yeah. Um, no, and no. just put on a little pair of pants. And that's that, again like she wears very bright, colorful, lots of sequins sort of stuff. And, and I think a and, lot of that's from the time in which she was in, with Ric Flair and. Because it's Ric Flair's daughter, it's kind of the way she is. I mean, even her entrance well, and theme she's, song. And, and she's in, in what is basically a sort of almost, almost, it's more than a bikini top, but um, the cleavage is... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas the other two are, are more sort of a A little athletic, bit more modest. Yeah. Well, not more more modest, I would say, and more of a, an athletic... Uh, with, a, with a name for being more athletic in, in yeah, entire, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, so I thought that was interesting, but you know that that thing had spangles all over it, mm-hmm. and, and, and pretty. I, I'm sure that if you, if you, I'm sure if you took a, uh, if you have the wrong flash on it, like the light would just reflect in like fifteen thousand yeah. different ways off that. Yeah, yeah. So, but no, yeah, no. Again, she's um, her all of her wrestling attire is like that. I've, I've I don't think I've ever seen her with, with not well, have it's part like, of her stick. She's the queen. Yeah, yeah. No, and that's that's her her nickname. Mm-hmm. She's the queen. So this is the the bout in which you know, obviously the last one I I uh, watched, but um, this is the bout where I absolutely knew from from the um, how the the commentators were were, we're talking, talking about it exactly who was going to win. I had already sort of caught on to the shtick, and and I had been right about the last three fights, or the last two fights. Um, this was the third one in a row that I pegged, but um, but I went oh. Okay. I get it. I know what's happening here. I know what's happening. Um, that said, it was long. Yes, this one this one here was from bell to bell, 21 minutes and 30 seconds. But if you include the entrances, let's say probably a neighborhood of about 30 minutes. Yeah. And, and um, poor Michael Cole. At the, shout out to the commentators here. Poor Michael Cole really needed some hot water and some tea because his voice was absolutely gone by the end of the show it was he, well yeah that's a long time again eight eight minutes of screaming into a microphone as well it's not yeah. easy so so um again with the hair yes again lots with the of hair. hair like wouldn't you think if, if that's what you're doing you just wouldn't even create the thing for somebody to grab and nobody grabs it nope so so nobody grabs it but if you look at the hair like the hair is all very well done like they've got braids in the hair and like you know some oh yeah of no they've had a stylist do it oh no yeah, yeah. very nice yeah very, no, very, it's, it's, very I have I have long hair and I wish I could do it <laughs> um so so but again with the with the lots of long hair that you could potentially grab oh yes um this is the one where I I really uh appreciated like I was excited for this because I know who Ronda Rousey is I I listen to ESPN mm-hmm um, and, and at various times, um, you know, especially when she went into legitimate boxing and tried to convert to that, um, there's been a lot of, of her names out there. Yes, she's very well known. So, yeah. Um, so this really interested me, aside from the fact that it was all women. Um, and this was probably the match that I appreciated the physicality the most. Okay. Um, in part because it went on so long. Oh my gosh! Um, but the variety of moves, mm-hmm. um, women suspending themselves from somebody else's neck and just hanging there. Yes. Um, and being able to lift somebody else from your neck. 
Um, so, uh, you know, kudos to both in that particular situation. It's hard to say who was doing the more, more athletic feat. Um, hopping in and out of the ring, Charlotte can roll so like she even makes it pretty. She was so Charlotte before she got into wrestling. Here was actually going to be was actually in was a gymnast. Oh, well, that explains a so, lot. So like she a lot of her stuff here. She will do like she'll just do a flip out of nowhere, and sometimes that's been a part. She'll do a flip into a set of to a split leg split, you know, like one foot one leg forward, yeah. another one back, and just kind of like come up for a minute at the same time and she's very well known for being very athletic and very agile like that um but it also doesn't help that she's also like six foot four six foot five yeah these she's, are, she's a tall one. Oh well all three of these were big girls no like so like charlotte flair again is like six again i six foot three six foot four somewhere in that neighborhood Ronda Rousey's only like 5'10", and Becky Lynch is of a similar size as well so like, five ten is a pretty tall chick no I'm it's, five, it's, it's, I'm a, it's a tall chick yeah with comparison. Yeah, okay. So I'm 5'10", and the number of times I have somebody, who, a woman who's taller than me, is, is not that frequent. It's not common, no. Yeah. So so these these are big girls, gen, just generally speaking. Um, but the athleticism was really impressive. You had three women moving constantly, managing to choreograph so that only two of them were... It, I mean, it was only towards the end that you ever got like all three involved at the same time. That's sort of the climax. That's kind of ha- that's that's not unusual for a triple threat match. In a lot of cases here, it's a um, the intent is that um, you have um, one is usually usually again most wrestling is used is one on one sort of action here. To involve a third is unusual in some cases because it's not a common wrestling type that happens right. all that often. You might have it once, twice a month on the regular shows here, so it's not an everyday sort of occurrence. And for the big events here, where like you have a lot of wrestlers, where it's you know, yeah, it's what actually the, it's useful because one of the it, it lends itself to having a long match because one of the wrestlers can be out of action, catching Resting. their breath, yeah. catching the breath. Another great way wrestlers like to rest is that they'll have like submission holds, or they'll be in the middle of the ring trying to hold somebody down, or in the submission here, or just kind of like twisting the leg or holding an arm here in kind of a way like that's their resting time in a lot of way. They just like make it look like it's really painful because like if you were really twisting somebody's arm in that sort of way you're like i i thought a lot of the straddles of the pole yes um where one person's outside the ring wrapping somebody else's legs you know pulling them pulling them to the edge and wrapping their legs around the pole so that their crotch is embracing it oh my apologies here charlotte flair is only 510 okay yeah i was gonna say i thought they all looked pretty much i i, I thought she was taller because okay. she always looks a whole lot taller than well, everybody well, else. Well, but five ten is is a pretty tall woman. I I just thought they all looked kind of that size, but but um, anyway, I I thought that um, both of the people involved were sort of giving each other a break. I don't have yeah. much to do while I'm standing here wrapping your legs around. You can get a rest. I'm kind of getting a rest. Yeah, it meant it meant to kind of like just kind of like. Rest for a moment here. Breathe a little bit, a little less heavily, and kind of just catch your breath in some cases. But but this is okay. So this is one where um, you saw cuts like like Charlotte had a had a cut on her abdomen, had a cut on her leg. Ronda Rousey has huge bruises and a and a cut on the inside of mm-hmm. her calf. Um, you know, all Becky as well. You saw 
physical wounds. And I didn't know how much of that was because it was longer and the body just can't endure for that long um, without showing some of um, some remorse, so to speak. Yeah. Um, but you really saw physical damage. Hey, I, also, I was curious about this as well because not all the, that's not common in wrestling in a lot of cases. Uh, well, to I, see saw, some I, damage saw, like that. I saw Sometimes it. people are bleeding and the, yeah. that that does happen from time to time. It, they're usually pretty good about that unless it's intentional, which is not... Used to yeah. the, Back in the day, it used to be intentional. So, like, yeah. somebody would, like, with a razor, would just, like, nick the top of their head and blood would start coming out. Yeah. If you did it really bad cases like Ric Flair did, like, it would cover his entire face in blood and his beautiful blonde white hair would get just become pink in nature. And, yeah. Like, that's a literally a chance that a kid could pass out from blood loss. Um, so, like, they called that blading. And that used to be a thing you used to do back in the day to is to get color because it made the match seem like it was a lot more physical. It's not done anymore because it's not really a PG sort of thing to do anymore. If it does have, if somebody does get kind of cut now, it's more legitimate and they, in some cases here, they've actually stopped matches because of, of somebody getting wounded like that and because they're worried about the wrestlers. But yeah. in this case here, obviously, like it's the main event, you know, somebody starts showing bruises or cuts, and again, like, I, I think it was Ronda Rousey who had, like, some sort of abrasion on, on her leg. On her legs, yeah. Some sort of rash or some sort of yeah. cuts there or something. That's not common, but I also wonder if some of that's not, mind you, they're in and out everyday sort of wrestling for, like, year for for weeks on end and months, because sometimes... So, so if it's just, it was existing and maybe the makeup wore off. Yeah, like in some because again, okay. like in, in some, that's in, an interesting thought. Yeah, because some cases here again, like if you have a bruise from an event here, like bruises might take like a month to go away, and you know, like you don't want if you still have that bruise there, like you, you know, it looks like that's a weak point for somebody. So well, you might cover that up with some makeup, or you might find you know, like it's a lot of cases where sometimes wrestlers wear their t-shirts in the ring the entire time during a match and don't take it off till the very end because maybe they do have some bruises. Okay. Um, but again, I mean, like, there's sometimes some wrestlers who wrestle with chronic back pain because of all the drops that they do, or they've, or in, or they take a lot of medication to do it. And well, it, you know, and this was damage that wasn't visible at the beginning of the fight. It no. was you noticed it about ten minutes in. Yeah. So or, it, or it looked so. like it got more dangerous and more physical as you, yeah. as you went on. Okay. So so let's talk about what what for me was the the sort of pivotal moment. Um, Becky Lynch hops out of the ring and goes goes rousting underneath the uh, underneath the ring to find a table. Like the table is just mysteriously there, and and then she takes the table and lifts it up. And I'm we're talking like a like a thirty inch wide, eight foot long like table, mm-hmm. and and lifts it up and gets it into the ring. Yep. And then sets it up. Yes. Like like while the other two girls are fighting, or the dressers are kind of like breathing as they're like on the ground, kind of you know getting exhausted. Yeah, yep. yeah, and 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 they're not doing anything about the table that's suddenly magically appearing. It's a no, uh, triple threat rules means no disqualification. Okay, but then and then and then other people are going, damn, a prop. Let me use it. And and Becky wasn't even the first person to use it. So a rule in wrestling, um, an unofficial rule in wrestling is that if you introduce it, it will come back to haunt you. So, like, if you introduce a chair, it's most likely the chance that you're going to be the victim of a chair shot in most cases. Um, 
this happens this happens in a lot of matches it's uh, there's a wrestler named Kevin Owens who's uh, notorious for bringing in tables and bringing in chairs and setting up kind of elaborate sort of situations where like he'll stack a table on top of another table and like the intent is that he's going to get somebody to go through it here eventually and he's the guy who ends up going through it okay so when she pulled out the she pulled out the table she knew she was going to regret it well not necessarily that I mean like again like it's, it's the suspension of disbelief like we as the fans know that like oh, Kevin Owens is setting up a table. He's going to go through a table later. Like, we know that's going to happen. But the wrestlers are intent to, like, no, I'm bringing in a table into the ring. I'm going to put somebody through that table because that's the way it works. I'm going to do more damage to somebody else, which is the intention. And actually, Ronda Rousey's very funny here because she's actually like, F the table. And she, like, yeah. flips it over Three, at one yeah. point. Yeah. Which is very funny to me at the end of the day because it's like, no, it's a table. <laughs> like, use the table. It would be more interesting of a match if you used the table. It was a pretty interesting match. No, no don't get me wrong. Yeah, very yeah. interesting. Match. Yeah, no, it's interesting to see the the three, the three different um, personas because yes. because one thing I I did think that, and this is this is really true of all the matches, is everybody seems to be able to stay even in in pain. I mean, there must be moments in which you're like about to lose it. Mm-hmm. Um, in sort of a damn this hurts fuck you oh I'm sorry darn you <laughs> sort of way I don't usually sorry um, and and uh, be about to lose it and drop out of character and just out of pain or out of frustration yeah just just lose it and just swear or you know and they don't God damn. yeah yeah and they don't and um kind of impressed by that that's a lot of self-control so I, I think um really enjoyed the 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 women's three on three the fatal three-way yeah. fatal three-way um and thought that that actually for me was a very nice ending always yeah. always like to see women women uh be be key um but overall aside mm -hmm. from it being just awesome entertainment i actually was i, I was absolutely gobsmacked how, how much fun that yep. was so um awesome entertainment but also a real respect for how much skill that takes and how much physicality goes into it yeah but skill skill to, to know how to how to roll how to land how to all of these things and, and also how to do that to somebody else without hurting them yeah that's and that's the real key of wrestling here is that like as much as these two are enemies with each other and seem like they're absolutely diametrically opposed to one another and there's no way these guys will ever get along one way or left right center or any particular way like the matches are for all extensive purposes a ballet between two guys trying not to hurt each other yeah and as much as it's about trying to do pain and damage to other somebody else here there's always an intent that like when you lift somebody up to drop them onto their back that you have trained to properly do that yeah and there have been times where people have gotten legitimately hurt from just everyday moves uh finn balor as an example he was fighting with seth rollins for the first ever un universal championship that seth rollins won tonight that big giant red belt yeah um and seth rollins did a move that he does that he does all the time in which he gets somebody onto his shoulders and then launches them into um the outer outer area of the, yeah. the, the posts and 
he popped Finn Balor's sh his shoulder out, out of its socket. Finn Balor put his arm back into the socket middle right afterwards, which I'm sure was a lot of pain, and finished the match. Oh, jeez. And the very and so he was the first ever Universal Champion, and he had to give up the title the very next night because he had to go into surgery for his rotator cuff and his shoulder. And he couldn't defend it. And he couldn't and he couldn't obviously defend it while you're injured. That's one of those legitimate things here that like. If you're legitimately injured and you're the champion, you forfeit your champion. You've basically forfeit your yeah, champion. That totally sucks. It does, and, and and again, like that's again, that's also kind of how Kofi Kingston became the world champion here as well. Is that they were like, okay, well, who do we replace um, this other wrestler here who got injured here? Let's put in Kofi Kingston. Okay, well, like if we put Kofi Kingston in there, like what what's what is our rationale for that here? Because uh, you know. Yeah, there's, there's a rationale. There has yeah. to be a rationale for it. And if you put them in there, like, you know, what do we do with them during at that point here? And the I think what's the storyline? And they had to create a storyline, and that's why, that's why sometimes wrestling doesn't have huge storylines that are that are you know they exist from for for a full year in some cases because hey, if somebody gets hurt along the way here, you may have spent the last you know eleven months working on the storyline. You don't get a payoff now. Sometimes you have when to it's punt. intended, and so now you've got to punt and find a different storyline in there. So, like, sometimes wrestling is a week-to-week, -week, a month-to-month -month sort of thing here with no intentional, long, drawn-out sort of thing. But, you know, but in other wrestling pushes, they do do that. And in Japan, they have a good example of doing that where, like, sometimes a wrestler will have long-term story, story, story arcs that take, like, two or three years to watch all of it. Much like anime. Sometimes, yeah. Okay. Excellent. So, um, so wrestling, you're on board with wrestling, it sounds like. I, I did not expect to be. And again, it's the same thing here again. The pageantry of the characters, just the physicality well, of it. I, and just... even just talking about the pageantry, I, I put a note on here that I, I wanted to mention how really sweet it was to see Kurt Angle. Yes. Um, sort of celebrated. He is he is sort of a thing in between other things. So yeah, again, Kurt, Kurt Angle, a famous, uh, 1996 gold medalist, mm -hmm. originally wasn't going to be in wrestling because he had been invited to uh, matches and thought, oh no, no, yeah, if, no. If you're trained, if you're trained in 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 it's, Roman it's Greco, Greco Roman wrestling, like, yeah. you know, like you know, and you see it, and it's like, no, no. Um, but he's actually a very well celebrated pro wrestler, and he picked it up yeah. really quickly. He, he trained for about nine months and got into the ring, and then was again kind of training while he was on TV at a certain level here to be get really good at it. and he was a world champion within about a year which wow. is a very short time frame for a lot of wrestlers you know to get to that kind of level but he was just naturally picked up to it um, now he had to now he left the WWE at one point here to go to Impact Wrestling or TNA Wrestling because um, he had a bit of a drug problem here and they really wanted him to get going to rehab yep, for yeah. that drug for that drug thing and he eventually went over to TNA and he was a in TNA for a long time was their world champion for a long time um, but mostly because they also wrestled a much shorter thing here he, Kurt Angles had huge problems with his neck because yeah. he wrestled not only for the 96 and metal with a broken neck but wrestled for the WWE with a broken neck and so oh, like wow. he's been on a lot of pain medication for that here yeah. in he got really badly addicted to it at one point here and even when he's been in the WWE here for the last mm, year and a half or two give or take um, it's been 
much less wrestling. I mean, like, yeah. he might wrestle once every four or five months, maybe, but like he's occasionally there on TV all the time as a semi-authority figure. Yeah. Um. So, but he's now officially retiring. So he says. Yeah. Um. And so now he's not going to be wrestling anymore. It's fi- nice to see the tribute. Yeah. No. Again, they, they do that for again. Like if it's your last match, they do it in a lot of cases. Um. Uh, a lot of your last matches is always the notion here that you always leave on your back, which is a way of saying that, like, your last match, you always lose. Yeah. Because you give whatever momentum you had and whatever legacy you had to the next guy. So the next guy to can say... To the new talent. To the, to the new talent. So you, you put over the next guy so that way this can all keep going. So the yeah. notion was that he lost to a guy and the guy now, now that guy can say, like, for the rest of his career, it's like, this is the guy who took out Kurt Angle. This is the last guy to ever have beaten Kurt Angle. Like, you know, like, I'm the last guy to ever beat Kurt Angle. And nobody else will ever have that notion here. So that gives a person some pedigree going into wherever yeah. else he goes to. So, Okay. Excellent. So I think that was a great episode. So uh, we got one more. We got another episode before you go on vacation for a bit. But we'll have a guest host that co- that's coming in. Um. And next week, we are going to be discussing a movie again. So we're going to do another review. We're going to do, we're going to do Shazam. Shazam. Or as we formerly known him as, Captain Marvel. Marvel. Yes. We'll do a little primer before that, before we go into the movie here as well, about Shazam and his little history here. Uh, but then we'll go right in. But because we kind of already discussed it a little bit when we discussed Captain Marvel yeah. here in our third episode, we'll go straight into the movie review right afterwards. Okay. Um, and then we've also got a guest host that'll be coming in as well. We'll be talking mech anime. So we'll, go, we'll jump in back into Japanese animation and we'll be discussing mech anime um, and its various different forms here. So that'll be a lot of fun. Oh, cool. Okay. Yes. So uh, on, on behalf of myself here, Unity Trudy, thank you so much for joining us. And if you want to learn more about us, you can visit our, uh, we now opened up a Facebook page. But we also have the nerdtutorialpodcast.com where we're going to have all the show notes and um, podcasts obviously will be hosted on there as well. If you have any questions about the show or want to introduce new topics or ideas or things we might have gotten wrong along the way here, because it's it does happen from time to time, you can visit me at nerd underscore tutorial on Twitter to let me know what I may have gotten wrong or suggest new and future topics. Um, Otherwise, for myself, the Nerdy Tutor George, thank you for visiting us with us today. We'll see you guys next time. Bye. Bye.